How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. And let's just jump right into today's subject, where essentially what I wanted to talk about today was um, this weird, I don't know if it's actually weird because it's definitely family related. So essentially, um, my stepfather, he... Uh, moved from Scotland to the United States and uh, got into working in uh, or got into working as an aeronautical engineer. So he used to work for different airliners as an engineer, helping to um, rebuild and uh, and work on different, different avionics. And so uh, he essentially did that for a while. And then him and a friend started a contract um, contract engineering business related to the aviation industry. And essentially uh, from there, that's kind of where <clears throat> their future took off from after that. And uh, it's been great. Like around my family, I've always been around pilots, engineers, and uh, it's just been great to kind of just understand the perspective of, of different individuals that work in the aviation industry. It's, it's been really interesting. It's been awesome. Um, so because of that, about six months ago, no older than that, actually, I want to say it's been a couple of years now, about two years ago, I started getting into watching, um, unique stuff about, uh, aviation it started with a YouTube channel called Windover Productions, which the host on there does predominantly logistic uh, videos. So things related to like sea, air, and land, um, like when it comes to like different vehicles and, and how they operate and the logistics and everything in that nature. But he definitely focuses a lot on the aviation industry just because that's where a predominant amount of... No, that's not true. Uh, in logistics, I mean, it's both sea and air, but a lot of, I mean, all of them, technically, <laughs> there's a lot of just stuff moving around everywhere constantly, but, uh, I, I got into his, uh, YouTube channel, started watching his and then, uh, something called, uh, another YouTube channel called real engineering, I believe. And they talked a lot about different like components of aviation and then somehow YouTube, uh, saw me looking into like aviation stuff during that time period and recommended to me uh, airplane crashes. And I, I have to be honest with you guys, like I am fascinated by different instances. It actually really, I didn't really care for any airplane crash until the Malaysia air, uh, I forget the, the, uh, flight number the one that disappeared and to this day we have absolutely no idea what happened to aircraft nine out of ten people know that it crashed somewhere in the ocean but like where it crashed in the indian ocean it's nearly impossible to ever find the plane parts because the, that water is so deep out there in the pacific and and in in the indian ocean excuse me um but there are some conspiracies uh, allotting to the idea that possibly the pilot, uh, I don't know, did something with the plane, brought it to another country, sold it to another country. Who knows what well, the theories are, are all over the place, but 
that crash or that whatever happened to Malaysia Air um, flight, whatever, uh, really got me into like understanding a little bit. I think it was like I was looking into that. That's probably what triggered it. YouTube saw that I was looking at aviation stuff and then looked at this like video, different videos about Malaysia Air and eventually led me to just uh, a series called Mayday, which is was showcased on Discovery, I think, or it could have been National Geographic. Whichever the two, it was a show that came out in the in the mid two thousands and lasted for quite a bit. And essentially, they had multi, like two seasons, multiple episodes within each season. The season, um, looking into historical aviation crashes, commercial aviation crashes, and uh, also logistical aviation crashes, and not all crashes, uh, hardware. Uh, should I say just like not even hardware failure? Just like different instances where things could go wrong in aviation. And so um, I got hooked. I mean, it was wild to see how certain things that occurred in the aviation industry, how it started with a crash. And then because of that crash, new safety precautions were put into place either in the, in the engineering side and the pilot side or in the actual uh, mechanics of the airplane itself. Um, And and it it was just, it was really interesting to see just how like every one of these instances led to a progressive involvement or uh, improvement in avionics. And and to such a degree that I think the last, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens, but the last commercial airline crash in the u.s i want to say it's been a while uh 2009 the last commercial airline crash in the united states this isn't uh, small planes this is just commercial airlines but the last commercial airline crash was uh in 2009 that was the last fatal one should i say i mean there's probably been other crashes but people survived and um, we wouldn't even be there. And, and, and flying to this day is technically the safest mode of transportation compared to any other way that you could travel. And, and the reason why it's gotten so safe is because of all these unfortunate events that happened prior to now to see where airlines uh, are at now. I mean, obviously, the exception to that rule would be Boeing's uh, 737 MAX airlines the ones that uh randomly crashed with ethiopia air and uh indonesia air air indonesia or indonesia air those two um plane crashes were obviously because of a software glitch and something called an mcats because those planes were improperly engineered because boeing did not want to come up with a new uh, body structure to a 737, a, a body frame that's existed since I think the 60s or the 70s. And essentially they just cut, all they've really done is just improve the um, the engines themselves and then like the hydro, um, the, why can I think of the hydraulics of, of the, of 
uh, pretty much they've improved the technology of the of the aircraft and the engines, but they haven't changed the frame. And because of that, um, these larger engines now that go on these aircraft are more fuel efficient, so they they require less fuel. They pump out more power. Uh, but the problem is, is that if you don't change the airframe around the engine, uh, you create a lot of issues with drag and you have you create higher likelihoods of stalling on takeoffs and a lot of problems essentially with takeoffs. And so because of that, Boeing chose to compensate for that with a software system that uses sensors on the bottom of the aircraft to detect uh, if the nose is pulled up too much. And then what it does, it's supposed to correct the nose because if you pull too hard on the nose, then essentially on takeoff, you're creating a lot of drag on the aircraft and that could cause you to stall. And if you don't know what stalling means, it means that there's not enough proper airflow over the wings and essentially you turn into a rock and you fall and there's nothing you can do. Uh, if you're at low altitude, if you're at higher altitudes, you can uh, potentially recover in commercial airlines, it's probably a little bit harder. In smaller smaller aircraft, it's a, l- a lot easier to do. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, because Boeing chose to, and I don't know why I'm talking about the 737 MAX. I guess it's just because it's the most relevant one in, in, in modern history, I guess. Because of this, the the larger engines and and they create a high level of drag on the aircraft. This MCAT system was put in place to restrict pilots from potentially pulling too hard on the nose, and and causing potential stall failures. And it's it become a lot easier because these engines are so large. But the issue with this MCAT system was that the software wasn't properly. Um, a lot of pilots just didn't know about the software. They weren't properly trained, and so when the software kicked in, they uh, overcompensated by putting the nose down, causing the plane to essentially crash um, shortly upon takeoff, which is an unfortunate event. And, you know, it's lethal because, I mean, all of these, these two planes that did crash, what really caused it to kind of be, well, I mean, honestly, just the 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 rate of speed going down. But on top of that was just that these planes were loaded with an entire trip's worth of fuel on them. And so it was a done situation. But I just, some of these airline crash stories or some of these like, not even crash stories, but some of these airline instances, like their stories are wild. And and Mayday does a interesting job at kind of going over the typical, like what the day in the life of those people that were on that plane was like for the pilots, for air traffic control, um, for the engineers, uh, and for the after effects. Like if, if it was a plane crash, like NTSB and FA getting involved and, and, uh, NTSB doing like, uh, investigations there, the national transportation and safety board. So they're the ones that kind of manage all like, safety standards with any forms of travel in the United States and abroad. Um, so whenever a plane crashes, they're kind of the ones that get involved and send investigators out to find and determine exactly what caused the accidents. And it's from their investigations where essentially you start to see changes happen in the aviation industry. But 
it's really fascinating and I can't stop watching it. Like even right now before watching this or doing this podcast, I was just watching um, uh, a mayday on what was that? United Airlines two two fifteen, I think it was, uh, where essentially, um, unfortunately, this it was an older aircraft. I forget it was an older Boeing aircraft. I don't know which one, but it had a cargo door on the side that was a pretty like large cargo door. Well, it was inefficiently uh, manufactured, and the engineering on it was like super bad. Where essentially, when as this aircraft was in the air, it depressurized because the, the cargo door just wouldn't hold. And so it it ripped right off the aircraft. And, but it wasn't just the door that flew off because it was such an explosive decompression. Uh, it essentially ripped off the entire side of that airplane. Somehow that the, the pilot was able to land the aircraft and only nine people died on that flight. Um because they they just happened to be right on the side of the aircraft where that had um, that pretty much had ripped right off. It was just wild to watch. I saw one earlier today where uh, the pilot's window. So there's the pilot and the co-pilot. The pilot's window on a British Airways uh, flight in the nineties, um, like ripped right off, and essentially again an explosive decompression. Because the the airplanes are pressurized inside. Because if not, then you would be suffocating while they were, you know, high up in the air. And because of that pressure differential, especially when it happens so immediately, you have like explosive decompression. Everything that's inside the aircraft wants to leave out into the open. And so this pilot happened to just have his seatbelt off, and he got ripped right out of of the uh, out of his seat. And the only thing that was keeping him in the aircraft was his foot got stuck on the flight controls, on his flight controls. And essentially the whole time, uh, while the co-pilot was freaking out and like the everyone on the plane's freaking out and, you know, there's it's loud wind because now you have like a wind, pretty much imagine a windshield up and like missing out in, the, uh, you know, on a commercial airline. And he, he lands the plane safely and the flight attendants come in and they hold the the pilot from being able to fly out of the aircraft. They hold him in place, but are never able to get him inside. So his body's just dangling outside this aircraft for like 25 minutes uh, while the co-pilot's like making an uh, emergency landing. And the pilot freaking survives, which is just unbelievable. It's crazy. Um, anyways, so yeah. <laughs> I'm fascinated by these aircraft instances. Like it, it just in the likelihood that something were to ever happen on a flight. And I've had my own personal experiences. Like I had a flight where one of the engines uh, stopped working. That was a flight to Dallas. I want to say, I can't remember what city it was. It was so long ago. I was, I was a lot younger, but yeah, one of the engines uh, stopped working, but it wasn't that big of a deal. It was, it was super close to when we were supposed to be landing anyways. And, uh, most air, aircraft are able to land with just one one engine. They really don't even, uh, they don't need all engines working. Now, some aircraft that are heavy do need both ev- uh, engines to, to maintain elevation, but landing you can just do with just one engine. But anyways, uh, I could be, I could sit here all day talking about airplanes. It's, it's one of my things, I guess, in recent times. But either way, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. 
we are two days away. Oh my God. Two days away from a whole year, which is just crazy to think about. But anyways, uh, thank you guys. I will catch you guys mañana. Peace.